In an ever-changing world, there is a demand for a voice which echoes the thoughts and yearnings of the common man. That voice comes with truth. It's a voice of justice and ultimately the voice upholds peace. The Voice is Building Bridges, your radio advocacy platform aimed at building trust and fostering peaceful coexistence among communities, ethnicities and groups. Building Bridges comes up every Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. on J11.9 FM, an initiative of Take and Peace Desk with support by Bread for the World. Good morning, listener. You're welcome to another interesting edition of your favorite uh, radio program, Building Bridges. It's a program brought to you by Taken Peace Desk with support from Bread for the World. My name is Joseph Ojadeji. And uh, with me in the studio today, I have uh, uh, my two guests from the last edition. You know, who, who, We'll be wrapping up the discussion on the high cost of governance today with um, the two guests we had last week. So uh, without any further much ado, I have with me in the studio uh, Mr. Santos Ayuba Larap. He's, a, he's an erudite uh, historian, a researcher, as well as a public affairs commentator. Your Thank host. you, Joe. And uh, good morning, listener. My brother Sabo, good morning, sir. Good morning, and then sir. those in the studio. All right. Uh, also, I have with me in the studio the program manager of Tekan Peace Desk, in person of Mr. Kabiru Sabo, is uh, a social development worker as well as a public affairs commentator. You're welcome, sir. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, my brother Santos, it's a pleasure to have you back on in the studio again and of course to the other people in the uh, studio good morning all right thank you very much i also have with me in the studio on the sideline supporting me i have uh, gloria pa she's waving and i also have with me in the studio a youth activist in person of mr panshak wesley gowak all right he's standing by also uh, as a support on the background uh, we'll be going on a short um, a break i will take uh, a breather and then we'll be we'll come back and then we'll continue the discussion please stay tuned in an ever-changing world there is a demand for a voice which echoes the thoughts and yearnings of the common man that voice comes with truth it's a voice of justice and ultimately the voice upholds peace the Voice is Building Bridges, your radio advocacy platform aimed at building trust and fostering peaceful coexistence among communities, ethnicities, and groups. Building Bridges comes up every Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. on J11.9 FM, an initiative of Take and Peace Desk with support by Bread for the World.
Alright, you're welcome from that uh, short uh, break. In the last couple of weeks, we have been discussing broad issues surrounding good governance, especially as it concerns us as a nation. And last week was no exception, as we also talked about uh, the high cost of governance in Nigeria. Now, this week we'll be actually be narrowing down the discussion, and then we'll be looking at um, what we spend on our public uh, officials vis-a-vis what the ordinary Nigerian worker takes home at the end of the month. I mean, is this justified? Is this justiciable? You know, what is the condition of the average Nigerian worker? And then last week, if you could remember, we talk, we actually take uh, a very uh, a deep uh, analysis into the recurrent expenditure of the Nigerian uh, budget. Now, um, we, we, we told us last week that uh, our recurrent expenditure as a nation keeps increasing. And uh, we actually also told us that uh, this is not good for a developing nation such as ours. Now, one of the key aspects of the recurrent expenditure that we'll be focusing on today is the bogus salaries and allowances of political office holders, as well as the servicing costs that runs into billions of naira. And this can be channeled actually into um, developmental purposes, you know, but this goes for administrative costs, for um, the fleet of cars you see on the road, you know, causing disturbance and all. You know, we'll be talking about that today. And also on the sideline, we'll also be uh, connecting with somebody from Budget to give us a deeper insight into um, the discussion of today. Now, notably, we'll also be looking at the efforts made by current and successive governments aimed at um, curbing um, the high cost of governance. Most notably, we'll be looking at uh, the Steve Oronsai's uh, panel's report. Um, you know, the panel actually submitted his report in 2014. You know, we'll be looking at the progress made in the implementation. Um, the committee actually, the panel actually did a very extensive work on how to cut the cost of governance in Nigeria. It made recommendations on ministries, departments, and agencies to be merged, those with similar aims and objectives, those working on close uh, objectives. It actually made um, a submission that they should be scrapped and then that some should be scrapped while others should be merged. We'll be looking at this today. Um, let me quickly go to our guests, uh, Mr. Santos. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, a very beautiful and a good morning to our listener. All right. um, it was good that um, your closing statement talked about the Steve Ogasanya report. Uh, he was one person who was uh, head of service yes. mm. uh, under the good luck. It was The panel was established in 2011, mm. and then they walked all through and submitted their report, like you said, in 2014. Mm. But again, people also need to understand why that panel was constituted. Mm. It wasn't about the holistic assessment of the high cost of governance mm. in as much as it was under a civil rule or the political class. It was basically focused on the bureaucratic high cost, high cost. of governance. Okay. So here you now find out that that committee in itself was a committee to rationalize. And in terms of the rationalization, it was to also structure the federal government in itself. And they 
whole gamut of the submission of the committee mm. was anchored on just like you also started saying on a matter of reducing the 263 statutory agencies mm. of the federal government and in it they made a submission and the submission was that yes there should be a reduction in the number of agencies and you would also see that in that they talked about the abolishment of 38 agencies because they were useless mm. even as they still stand up till today if not more and then they also talked about a merger of agencies 52 of them should be merged because they were just duplicating the same kind of duty that the other agency was doing or a ministry was also handling and it also talked about the aspect of the reduction of Nigeria's institutions in terms of to 161 mm. instead of maintaining the 263 but we all know that in recent times more agencies have also been created and then you're now talking about the high cost of governance and this was supposed to have been approved by the legislature mm. which it's also one of the bulk and the problem of this country because you know that even in the budget allocation you find out that the legislature takes more than one third or about one third of the total budget handling how many people in the house of reps you are t- you're talking about 360 mm. in the senate you're talking about 109 yeah. and so you're talking about people who are less than 500 in number taking one third of a national budget and that in itself drags you to the components like we talked about last week of a budget recurrent expenditure administrative costs of running which comes either in recurrent and capital and then you're also sorry recurrent and personnel in itself and then you're also talking about a capital budget that is nowhere compared to the recurrent but the analysis should be subjected to a sit down and then when you look at the budget of plateau for instance that was just uh, presented last week yeah. yeah i think on a wednesday or thursday it was on a wednesday yeah 133 billion okay. uh please hold your yeah. thoughts uh, i told us earlier on that we'll be connecting with someone uh, from budget from budget correct um i think it's on the line now okay. do we have him okay yes Okay, hello. Yes, good morning. Hello, good morning. Yes, good morning. Okay, uh we have um uh can you please introduce yourself please? Okay, um, my name is Olani Olale. Um All right, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on the show, Mr. Olani. We are glad to have you on the program. Uh, we're talking about thank the high cost me. of governance in Nigeria. Um, can you please tell us a little about budget, please? A little bit about budget uh, okay, in one or two um, sentences. Okay, um, budget is a um, civil society organization um, that tries to um, simplify issues um, around public finance um, by making sure that public finance actually um our value on the life of the people okay it's not just about paying tax it's about that tax having impact on the people so we try to simplify this information okay. um for the people so the people will be able to hold their government accountable okay. uh, for also for the government to be transparent to the people okay so um everything boils down to service delivery mm. um and impact of um value for what people pay for Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Olani. Now, uh, based on transparency you just talked about, now can you please what can you tell us about the high cost of governance in Nigeria? The high cost of specifically the cost uh the recurrent expenditure component of our budget. Um okay, um if I if I also talk about the high cost of governance in Nigeria, I will just try to 
um, pick a side of um, government, mm. which is the legislature. Because I, if I want to talk about the of government, you know, the three organs of government, I don't think it would be helpful okay. um, to leave this show today. Okay. So, um, um, quickly, I would like to talk about the cost of maintaining the National Assembly. Okay, cost um, of maintaining the National Assembly? Of, yes, if you look at the trend of the National Assembly budget over the years from 1999 mm. um, to 2000, to, 2000, to 2020, okay. um, we will see a very, very wide parity from how much was budgeted for the National Assembly um, as a genuine danger democracy started okay. to now. So in 1999, um, National Assembly budget, total budget was just $2 billion. Era. Okay. So if you look at the 2020 um, revised budget and down to 2021 proposed budget, you see that the National Assembly has grown okay. um, from $2 billion to $120 billion. So now here comes the question. If National Assembly budget have that kind of large increment from 1999 to 2020, mm. let's look at it at the other side of the Nigerian citizen. Mm. Have we been able to look at the increment of the Nigerian minimum wage from 1999 to 2020? Mm. So you'll be shocked to know that an average Nigerian citizen that has a minimum wage of 30,000 naira mm. over a period of one month, if you change it to a dollar rate, is just about $78. So let's just look at it annually. So how much does a Nigerian worker earn annually for a minimum wage? Uh, let's, let's, um, let's try to multiply $78. It's just over $700. Okay. Over so just $700 in a year. Then if you are based on this part, on what was released by the former senator Shil Sonny mm. in 2018 of how much an average senator held in Nigeria. You see that the cost of serving an average senator in Nigeria, it was trying to tell us that per month, an average senator collects over 13 million naira as running cost. Mm. So let's put 13 million naira on a dollar rate. 13 million naira on a dollar rate is about $32,000. So in comparison of $32,000, so an average money in Nigeria worker is earning a thirty-two thousand dollar. It's like a lifetime earning. A very huge gap. Mm. So it will take an average Nigerian worker over four hundred and fifty years to earn an annual salary of a Nigerian senator. Wow, wow. So that is the problem we are having. So another aspect we are going to look at this analysis is also to look at the budget of the state in mm. Nigeria. A National Assembly with 350 members of us of work, with 209 members of us of Senate, is having a budget of 128 billion. Okay. When they take like Egyptian and Yubi, it's not even running a budget of 128 billion. Mm. Over 3 million people in population. Mm. Okay. So these are the questions. These are the icons of governance. If you are using that kind of Nigerian resources to manage the elite in the political class, then what is the impact of the Nigerian citizens that are paying the taxes? Okay, okay, uh, Mr. Olani, can you quickly give us the impact of this on the ordinary man out there? The impact okay, of this, um, how does it have impact this, on the ordinary man yes, out there? If you have to look at this impact on the ordinary man out there, then you should look at the several sectors in which this will actually affect the life of the people. Mm. Let's look at the education sector mm-hmm. and let's look at the health sector. At the end of the day, we see what Nigeria is going through with the issue of the coronavirus, um, the coronavirus pandemic that is ravaging all the countries in the world. We see okay. the issue of education where we have over 10 million children out of school. Mm. And we see how much Nigeria is spending on capital expedition in comparison with the current expedition. Mm. Okay, Nigeria keeps borrowing money. Between 2015 and 2020, Nigeria has reduced its total debt to over 10 trillion. Mm. From 10 trillion to over 22 trillion, Nigeria has wow. its total debt. So, then we should not ask the question, has Nigeria spent over 10 trillion on capital infrastructure in the last five years? Mm. 
to when you have the government that what is the reason of borrowing money, they came to tell you that they are borrowing money to fund Nigeria's infrastructure. So mm-hmm. the question we should have the Nigerian government is have they been able to spend over ten trillion on infrastructure or capital expenditure in the last five years? Okay. As at Q2, as at um, as at half year report of budget implementation of twenty twenty, Nigeria mm-hmm. has only spent about thirty two percent on capital expenditure. Why they have spent over ninety four percent on debt servicing. Wow. So that means Nigeria is spending over ninety four percent of the total revenue to service debt. Mm. Okay. So what is less one hundred Nigerians make to to feel the impact of governance or to feel out that government okay is actually responsible to me? People still keep providing electricity for themselves. They keep providing insurances. They keep providing security for themselves. So mm. let's look at the other sectors of Nigeria where. Would you say the Nigerian government is actually impacting the life of the people? Mm. All right, um, Mr. Olani, let's quickly treat uh, this last question before we let you go. Um, now, um, people on the street out there, uh, you actually tell us how this affects them. But then, um, what would be your advice to the ordinary man out there on how to hold, how to hold government accountable, you know, based on the social contract? You know, government actually have the uh, power to actually see through the implementation of social contracts. Now, how what would be your advice to the ordinary man out there about holding government accountable? You know, to transparency. Okay, um, if you uh, if you look at people's attitude towards governance in Nigeria, you see that the average Nigerians don't really have an don't really have interest when it comes to demanding transparency and accountability. Okay. Number one problem that Nigeria is having when it comes to governance when it comes to the public sector. Number one is that public finance documents. It is already in secrecy. Mm. How do you want to question what is not even in the open space? Number one question. Mm. Then the number two is the Nigerian apathy. Nigerian citizen apathy. The reason why Nigerians are having this um, apathy towards the government is because they've been demanding this over the years from the government. And if you get to a stage where you keep demanding something from the government and you get tired, you get tired of it. Because you keep demanding and nobody is responding to you. It's okay. just an human nature. And I keep asking you for money, you are not giving me, you don't expect me to have again because I'll get tired of it. Mm. So if you are Nigerian citizen want to demand accountability and transparency from the government, number one is through voting. Through voting. Okay. You can't just come over you can't just come after four years, give people power, give people granite or give people rights, and mm. people think government is doing service delivery for them when you will not see them again in the next four years. Okay. That is no governance. Okay. If you want to demand transparency, if you want to demand government responsibility to you, okay. then number one you need to work. You need to use your vote as a very, very, as a very, as, as a power. Then number two, citizens should be able to track governmental projects. Okay, tracking. Let's just look at the projects. Let's look at the African General Support. Actor General Support. So, 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 so project was allocated to my community and funds has been reversed. Hold your government accountable. Hold your representatives accountable. This also project was nominated in my community and social amount has been released. Of that same amount of representatives. What is the progress of this report? What is the update of this project? So these are the questions. These are the important questions we need to be asking our website. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Olaini. I know you have so many, so so much more to tell us, actually, but we really appreciate you. Thank you very much. You can also uh, connect to and listen to uh, the rest of the program live on uh, GFM Live. Um, GFM Live. Yes, you can stream the program on JFM Live. You can see the link on our social media page. Uh, it will be made available to you. Thank you very much, Mr. Lani. We really appreciate you. Uh, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. 
All right, Mr. Santos, there you have it from Mr. Olani. A, a lot of things. Actually. A lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, again, uh, you find out that this whole information, mm. not only from budget, mm. you also find it, even like he said, Office of the Accountant General. How many people know that the World Bank, how much your state wants to borrow from the World Bank? Plateau is a case study mm. that, of course, now the processes have almost reached an end in terms of the so-called what they call mm. the palliative stain and then the post-COVID kind of management. Mm. Still, that's also a loan. Nobody asks what is it meant for. But again, I know that, of course, in this discourse, this conversation will also get there. But like he said and mentioned, that yes, even if you're doing a budget monitoring and tracking, mm. where do you start your budget monitoring? It should also be at the sittings, if a governor, for instance, presents a report to the House of Assembly or a president presents a budget to the National Assembly, then the National Assembly, the committees, various committees are supposed to also open up in terms of the public hearing on the budget to get the feelings of the people. And then they are also supposed to go back to their various constituencies, vis-a-vis -vis consultations in terms of constituency consultations. And then from that place, it's a bottom up, like I always say. But how many of them have been able to do this? When he was talking about what the people would do, mm. it's not only about voting. Mm. I remember some time back years down the line that we had a conference, a workshop, Global Rights had thrown it out. And that was even one of the things that led Atiku into problem, His Excellency then as he was. Mm. And what was it all about? It was all about mandate protection. That you have a vote, yes, it's your right. Where you place your vote, yes, is your right. Then do you allow somebody to change the figures? And the mandate protection thing starts with you. In terms of you vote, you stand, and you make sure it is counted and announced. How many Nigerians, young people understand that? At what point are you supposed to announce votes? Mm. At every point. Because when you collate, you must announce what you collated. Is it at the what? Is it at the unit? Is it at the what? Then the agents would follow up. If the unit A, B, C in a what do not come together, you find out that there, something must have happened. But again, we vote and then we run back home under the guise of fear. They are going to fight. Who are going to fight? Do they have two lives? They don't. But the truth is that for as long as you vote and you don't mandate protect, there is no way they will not rig themselves into government and then take it to the judiciary where you find out that it ends up with the cycle of what I call the vicious cycle of rigging. Once the court declares, nobody says anything. But then, but then from, from mandate uh, protection, yes. uh, Mr. Olani talked about uh, our journey from 20 billion for the National Assembly in 1999 to um, 120 billion Naira in the 2020-21 uh, um, budget. How do we get here? How did we get? No, because Nigerians left the National Assembly. You won't also understand the negotiations mm. or the conspiracy that goes on with the arms of government. Yes, I, I can I join in here? Yes, why not? I, yes, I, I think there's uh, the revenue mobilization and fiscal allocation. There is. Yes, that has uh, constituted, um, has the statutory uh, rule of uh, pegging um, salaries and emoluments of uh, political office yes, holders. Yes. So, yeah, there's, like you rightly mentioned, there's a conspiracy actually between the legislative and the executive arm, actually, because uh, for things to get passed, uh, you need some certain level of uh, 
I don't want to use the word greasing, but then you want to have something that is legitimate. Um, uh, money is paid to people with with uh, with legitimate um, lines uh, or narratives or financial narratives that that would not be when audited. People will not raise an eyebrow when 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 auditors see it. Um, they don't raise an eyebrow. So I feel uh, the conspiracy is actually between. Um, the executive and the legislative, where, where legislative arms are, where people say, okay, is it okay for us to have this number of um, monies allocated for our allowances and other fringe benefits? So, so, no, so hold on. You, just okay. to add, you see, he who pays the piper detects the tune. Yes. Who are those who appoint those who are commissioners in Revenue Mobilization and Fiscal Commission? The, mm. the National Assembly. Mm. Who gets them into that place? Mm. Nobody is looking at what they earn. What is the salaries of those workers, appointees, as compared to the institutional workers of the revenue mobilization, those who work in the civil service? It's nowhere compared. Then you also see wages and salaries commission that is supposed to handle salaries that relates to who appoints them. Mm. They are institutions of government. Will they fight he who pays them to blow the whistle? No. So you find out that Already, the structures are structured in a dysfunctional manner. Mm. And then if you look at what the question that you asked, in terms of the 20 billion from 1999 to where 128 to where we are, is 128 billion. How much is it that they're giving education? Mm. How much is it that they're giving health? And like I said, and I will always say, these are the basic foundational issues if any country wants to move forward. Mm. Take all the money and build up the best of roads. If these same persons that you refuse to provide quality education to just pick tires and burn those tires on those so-called roads, mm. that road is finished with the raining season. Then you now have dividends in potholes. Mm. And there is no way you would say that you have done an investment that remains a legacy. But the truth about it is that we keep running away from the truth and the point of an illness. Because, of course, you don't treat what you call the effects. You should treat the root cause. So if I'm sick, what is it that caused my sickness? It is not coming to come and give me medicine that would just cushion the pain that I'm facing now. If you don't trace the problem, it will still remain with us. And that is why the 128 billion is even less for them. So when the Orasanya report came out, about reducing that off. This now takes me to the levels to which Nigerians need to also know. The high cost is not only in the political class. Mm. It's also bureaucratic. And that was why the Orasanya also talked about what? Remarges of other institutions. And then reversal. Some should even go back to some other ministries that are still standing. Mm. When you have a DG, I give an example. Then you look at the security architecture. How many people do you have in the office of the NSA? Less than 100. How many Nigerians have ever looked at what is the budgeted for the NSS office? Mm. In billions. Onsa. Mm. They're not up to 100. And yet, what is budgeted in Onsa? What do they do that they don't have? Then what is the creation of what you call intelligence units in all the paramilitary agencies and also the military architecture? All right. Thank you very much. Please. No, the other ones. 
Uh, please. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the levels of what you call high cost of governance, is one is bureaucratic, okay. two is political, okay. and the political cuts across all the arms, okay. vertically and horizontally. Mm. Vertically in the sense that by the time you look at executive, you're looking at the executive from the presidency right to the local government chairman. <laughs> by the time you look at the legislature, you're also looking at it from National Assembly right down to the parliaments. That's uh, the councillors who are elected in local governments. Mm. By the time you look at the judiciary, you're looking at all the arms of the judiciary. As much as the judiciary is also subdued, but it is supposed to also have its own budget to be independent. Mm. But for as long as the judiciary is not independent, they would definitely have to also play to the rules. The other one, which is also very dangerous, is the aspect of the social network, social network. the religious and the traditional institutions. We'll talk about that after this uh, short musical break. We'll be going and on the last, break. We'll, 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 the military. We'll be going on a break uh, yes. very shortly. We'll come back. The discussion is getting interesting here in the studio. We connected uh, with uh, Mr. Matthew Olani, a senior research analyst with Budget earlier on. He actually uh, gave us uh, various um, mind-blowing um, statistics. He told us how, how we actually uh, embarked on a journey of $20 billion for National Assembly in 1999 to $120 billion in 2020-21 uh, uh, budget. And we're actually talking about how we, how we got here as a nation. You know, where did we actually get it wrong? And then what are we doing wrong as a nation? That is what we've been talking about. Uh, we talked about all these snowballs actually into out-of-school children affecting the ordinary man out there, increased uh, insecurity, um, a dysfunctional system. All these actually are part of the conversation. And uh, we talked about uh, what citizens can do, you know, to um, check the system to checkmate uh, the officials. And then Mr. Matthew actually said, uh, you as a citizen out there, voting is one of them. Do you have your PVCs out there? Or do you just sit down to complain that things are not going well? Also, uh, Mr. Santos talked about mandate protection. You know, when you vote, you know, do you just go home or do you just ensure that your vote is counted as well and the right thing is done? And then also, uh, Mr. Matthew talked about tracking, you know, tracking. Are you interested in uh, the budget? Uh, are you interested in the budget of your state? You know, are you interested in the constituency projects of your member in the house? What is he doing? What is he or she doing? for you. You elected them there. What are they doing for you in terms of ensuring that your money works for you? You know, so we're going on a um, short musical break. Um, listen out there, you can join the conversation on our social media handles. You can join the conversation on our Twitter page at Taken Peace Desk and also on Facebook at Taken Peace Desk. Uh, this is the studio number 090 We'll be opening a line shortly after the musical break. Please stay with us. I'm 
Before here yeah, with them on Jesus Yeah My country problem it passes us Because now we be our own problem Now who go come reason well Well, well, Ambassador to the church And governor to the church And president to the church When I say make we jump to go jump Some people go some are Call. Hello, good morning. Hello? Hello, good morning. Morning. Why do you not do Okay, please, the rule is if you call, please turn down the volume of your radio and then tell us your name and where you are calling from. Please, let's set that and then ensure that you go straight to the point. Thank you very much. So, Mr. Santos, you're talking about the social aspect of the old issue talking about the religious institution yeah the different i was trying to bring out the structure where the cost of higher governance mm. also contributes to where we are mm. you cannot just be talking about just the political window or the political lens alone that was why i also brought in the bureaucratic one that started with the Rosanya report mm. and the recommendations were just apt that once if the government had taken to the recommendations. The delay was initially by the good luck Jonathan's government. And of course, none implemented, none even seen. Okay, I think we have a call. Let's pick this call. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling from? Yes, this is Glamour Designer from Mitchell District. Oh, you're welcome, Glamour Designer. Please share your thoughts. Yes, good to hear from you guys this morning. Thank you very a much. Good topic. Thank you. Thank you. You see, we are talking of a good. Uh, accountability and a good government. Mm. You see, they have do all injustice in this country. Mm. They have sell our rights for long. Mm. And uh, let me tell you something so that you, you know what these people are doing to us. Mm. We don't have good hospital. Mm. We don't have uh, good road. What things the people that are out there to do mm. that the people will live comfortable. You see, the politicians have a little mind than the people who are supposed to rule us. Mm. And that is why Nigeria is being granted today. You see, they have uh, privatized Nepal mm. for years now. And we cannot see the light. Mm. You understand? If the same Nigeria that buy this Nepal mm. and then buy it, and now we are using generator to pay their highest tariff in this country, mm. tell me how many, how many companies are in Plateau State today? Mm. Nothing. Even with the, the business owners, we are not doing well because of Nepal. They have crippled us on one way or the other because they are molesting us. We use generator to work and use it to pay Nepal, mm. and they are happy. We threat. Mm. You understand? Yeah. So, it's what, what is the achievement of our leader? Good hospital, Ghana here. I am telling you, President, die in Ghana in the hospital. Mm. But our people. They have little mind that they carry their money overseas. It's quite unfortunate. That still they see their headache, 
they will just run to there and leave your country. What happened to your state? What happened to your people? What happened to your country? And that is why they want to close this uh, social media so that we will not know their secrets, we will not know about them, and the same then they will tell us to come and vote for them tomorrow. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Clamo. We have another call. Hello, good morning. Hello, my name is... Okay, I think we missed that call. Okay. Um, Mr. Kabiru. Yes. Um, some of the thoughts that have been racing through my mind have been uh, the cross-reference uh, that we got earlier, mm. that uh, National Assembly that has uh, no more than... Okay, please hold your thought. Let's okay. have this call. Hello, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where you're calling from? Yeah, this is KSL. Uh, KFL.com. Thank you very much. Yeah, Please from, share your thoughts. Yeah, from down base. Um, okay. Thank you, I mean, for your program because, uh, honestly speaking, I've been trying to call as I just came back from uh, my trip. Mm. Um, because something happened. Uh, is it the same taken that I knew? Taken as not as they knew? Yes. Yes. Okay. But please, I'm very sorry to, tell, to say this thing on the ear. Have you people built, uh, built your own bridges? Okay. All right. Sorry, because I, I'm arriving at somewhere. Yes, no problem. Is it fair for somebody to sack a worker that sat for 28 years? 28 years for. Okay, I think it's bringing in a discussion that. Okay, then. Um, you were on a line of thought earlier on before we picked that call, you know, um, talking about uh, what Mr. Glamour said. Mr. Glamour talked about the issue of OKC, um, it's, all these actually panning out for the ordinary man out there in yeah. terms of, OK, the quality of the infrastructures, the yeah. health systems that we have in place and all. Yes. Um, the simple analogy I would want to draw here is that um, a National Assembly that has no more than 500 people okay. goes home with 128 mm. billion naira. Mm. And a state like Yubi that has well over 300, uh, 3 million people goes away with about the same amount of... Uh, okay, let's pick this call. Yeah. Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling from? Okay, this is Zanshak Ignatius calling from Mangu. Okay, Mr. Ignatius, please go ahead, share your thoughts. Okay, seriously, like how the program is going. Mm. Quickly, what I want to put in here is this on the issue of accountability on the side of we holding our leaders accountable. If you remember the House of Assembly, this is something like this is on the side of our own assembly member because when we try to inquire about their project, Okay. They keep telling us that their project allowances, 2020 allowances have not been like given to them up to now. And this has been the complaint all this while. I'm pleased, Mr. Central, in the studio, can you like shed more light on all things we've been inquiring and the complaint have always been on the constituency project have not been given, allowances have not been given. Okay. What should we do then, please? Okay. Thank you very much. Our guest in the studio will talk about that. So, Mr. Santos, uh, Mr. Ignatius is talking about, okay, how do we track the constituency project to ensure that, yes, they are carried out the way they are supposed to be carried out? Uh, thank you very much, uh, Ignatius. Once the constituency projects in themselves are not supposed to be the mind of the person in the representative, mm. they're supposed to be what the constituency needs. Mm. And then there is no way you would get that if you're sitting as, let me start even with a councillor mm. 
who is elected at the local government he is also entitled to sorry let's pick this call hello good morning hello good morning okay i think we'll please go ahead is to make consultations with each of so you need to also demarcate mm. your constituency clearly mm. as a representative mm. and then the consultation is to also get the minds of the constituents as mm. to what they need constituency a might just need clean toilets latrines okay. which also helps in terms of health constituency b might need water boreholes for instance which would also help with the challenge so it should be need based and once you give and then if it gets the constituencies allocated to because it might you might not get 100% mm. he brings it back in terms of what you call a consultation and then a discussion with them okay let's have this call hello good morning hello good morning good morning i can hear you what's your name and where you calling from my name is Humphrey calling from Rayfield okay mr Humphrey please go ahead share your thoughts with us you know one of the problem that we have in this country mm. is that the leaders or the, the so called leaders present there in the politics mm. they just keep turning us around okay telling us we are the leaders of tomorrow while they keep being the leaders of today mm. recycling the politics seats among us themselves mm. so in that case i don't think you don't expect someone to do something that you ask him to do why he knows that even if he doesn't do it okay. no one will hold him responsible mm. that's number one okay so you you're talking um, about so, uh, holding government accountable there yes okay and also when you see when we don't have appropriate people people that are genuine that could look into this terms of government saying the for instance the budget they make ensuring that what is stated is what is done so everybody okay. there the people that parliament is set that okay. thank you very much i think you get your point thank you very much okay let's have this call again hello good morning hello hello good morning yes i can hear you go ahead Mr. Mr. Go ahead, go ahead. Please, you yes, have one. You have one minute. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, uh, you. The issue of following your election. You saw what happened in Patrick North. What happened in Imo State? Mm. That is how President Bozo Dimas, who is the present governor of Imo State, in the history of elections in this country, total number of votes cast. We are more than accredited voters. Yet he is staying as the governor of that state. Let me tell you, okay. and the other one, the person you call on budget, have already, they have already said everything. And the other guests, look, let's put our eyes on this, uh, in, uh, on what is happening in this country. All, All right, we get your point. We get your point. We get your point. Thank you very much. Mr. Santos, quickly, we have a few minutes left. Yeah, uh, uh, the way forward. The way forward. I was actually talking about so. The mandate is on the benefactors, and the mm. benefactors are the electorates, mm. not the elected. Mm. So, for the young man who was talking about the issue of how do you monitor, it's your responsibility. Once you leave your responsibility, and people begin to worship these people, they become demigods. The second that he is talking about, and that was why I talked about the last caller, the vicious circle of rigging. Mm. It is a clearly defined thing. Why do you think that? Yes, you go. And then you cannot prove those votes, and then it ends at the judiciary. Mm. 
It starts where? It starts intra-party. It comes out with the issues of Togri and the rest. And once the elections are rigged and they are announced because you don't follow your mandate and you don't protect your mandate, you don't follow your votes and protect the mandate, it becomes a challenge for you to get the wrong persons in there. And then Nigerians are also forgetting that as benefactors, they also have rights over these people. Mm. The people should respect those who elected them. But when you go begging, when you go psychophantically mm. to praise people who are exploiting you, what are you giving them? You're empowering them. When they collect on your behalf and they appropriate it as their personal preserve, when it's supposed to be for public good, and you go to worship them, when they do Thanksgiving, how many people have ever refused to go and eat that miserable rice mm. and one miserable piece of meat mm. because a political holder is calling them to a Thanksgiving? Someone runs a Thanksgiving because he is appointed. So what is he thanking God for? That he's going to put his hands into your own collective wealth. And you're the ones who are going to sing. And the ones, once you try that one person who you know is one that has exploited persons, who you know is unfit to be in a fitted position, he calls you to a Thanksgiving and people in that constituency say, when you were there, you refused to do the job. We're protesting, we're not going for the Thanksgiving. Tell me how many of them would do any Thanksgiving again. And then that also goes to the religious institutions. They should also know the kind of persons. What are you thanking God for? Mm. What has been the, 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 the feedback from the people so that people would know? And this Thanksgiving is not only with Christians. It also happens with my brothers, with Muslims. Mm. Because everywhere you see also religious leaders also engaging themselves in this same conspiracy theory that impoverishes the people and takes away the collective benefit that is supposed to be what will lead us to the promised land. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, it's getting... Summarize everything. I don't need to say anything other than <laughs> nice job, Santos. And maybe remind you that your political career started in my room in B6. Oh, that's... Thank you very much. Uh, listen out there, that will be the size of our package for today. It's been interesting, it's been enlightening, and it's been educative. We thank our callers. We appreciate you. Uh, join us next week uh, for another interesting edition of the program. God's willing, we'll be here with you. Regards to everyone at Stake and Peace desk. Thank you and God bless you. Oh my God. Oh, oh, oh. It be like sit they won't tell us we do we never yet before. To Baba Deya. Soli all the years that you and I have spent together, it seems like you've been playing me all along. So many times you ask me to put the whole of my trust in you. So many times you betrayed me and played me for a fool. Why don't we work together so the future will be brighter? Cause it be like you and I, we didn't need each other all the time All the time Another year has come And now you want my trust once more oh, oh, oh. 
changing world there is a demand for a voice which echoes the thoughts and yearnings of the common man that voice comes a truth it's a voice of justice and ultimately the voice upholds peace the voice is building bridges your radio advocacy platform aimed at building trust and fostering peaceful coexistence among communities ethnicities and groups Building Bridges comes up every Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. on J11.9 FM, an initiative of Take and Peace Desk with support by Bread for the World. Good morning, listener. You're welcome to another interesting edition of your favorite uh, radio program, Building Bridges. It's a program brought to you by Take and Peace Desk with support from Bread for the World. My name is Joseph Ojadeji. And uh, with me in the studio today, I have uh, uh, my two guests from the last edition. You know, who, who, We'll be wrapping up the discussion on the high cost of governance today with um, the two guests we had last week. So uh, without any further much ado, I have with me in the studio uh, Mr. Santos Ayuba Larap. He's he's an erudite uh, historian, a researcher, as well as a public affairs commentator. Thank you, Joe. And uh, good morning, listener. My brother Sabo, good morning, sir. Good morning, and then sir. those in the studio. All right. Uh, also, I have with me in the studio the program manager of Tekan Peace Desk, in person of Mr. Kabiru Sabo, is uh, a social development worker as well as a public affairs commentator. You're welcome, sir. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, my brother Santos, it's a pleasure to have you back on in the studio again and of course to the other people in the uh, studio good morning all right thank you very much i also have with me in the studio on the sidelines supporting me i have uh, gloria pa 
She's waving. And I also have with me in the studio a youth activist in person of Mr. Panshak Wesley Gowak. All right, he's standing by also uh, as a support on the background. Uh, we'll be going on a short um, a break. I will take uh, a breather and then we'll, be, we'll come back and then we'll continue the discussion. Please stay tuned. In an ever-changing world, there is a demand for a voice which echoes the thoughts and yearnings of the common man. That voice comes with truth. It's a voice of justice and ultimately the voice upholds peace. The Voice is Building Bridges, your radio advocacy platform aimed at building trust and fostering peaceful coexistence among communities, ethnicities, and groups. Building Bridges comes up every Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. on J11.9 FM, an initiative of Take and Peace Desk with support by Bread for the World. All right, you're welcome from that uh, short uh, break. In the last couple of weeks, we have been discussing broad issues surrounding good governance, especially as it concerns us as a nation. And last week was no exception, as we also talked about uh, the high cost of governance in Nigeria. Now, this week, we'll be actually be narrowing down the discussion, and then we'll be looking at um, what we spend on our public uh, officials vis-a-vis what the ordinary Nigerian worker takes home at the end of the month. I mean, is this justified? Is this justiciable? You know, what is the condition of the average Nigerian worker? And then last week, if you could remember, we talk, We actually take uh, a very uh, a deep uh, analysis into the recurrent expenditure of the Nigerian uh, budget. Now, um, we, we told us last week that uh, our recurrent expenditure as a nation keeps increasing. And uh, we actually also told us that uh, this is not good for a developing nation such as ours. Now, one of the key aspects of the recurrent expenditure that we'll be focusing on today is the bogus salaries and allowances of political office holders, as well as the servicing costs that runs into billions of naira. And this can be channeled actually into um, developmental purposes, you know, but this goes for administrative costs, for um, the fleet of cars you see on the road, you know, causing disturbance and all. You know, we'll be talking about that today. And also on the sideline, we'll also be uh, connecting with somebody from Budget to give us a deeper insight into um, the discussion of today. Now, notably, we'll also be looking at the efforts made by current and successive governments aimed at um, curbing um, the high cost of governance. Most notably, we'll be looking at uh, the Steve Oronsai's uh, panel's report. Um, you know, the panel actually submitted its report in 2014. You know, we'll be looking at the progress made in the implementation. Um, the committee actually, the panel actually did a very extensive work on how to cut the cost of governance in Nigeria. It made recommendations on ministries, departments, and agencies to be merged, those with similar aims and objectives, those working on close uh, objectives. It actually made um, 
a submission that they should be scrapped and then that some should be scrapped while others should be merged. We'll be looking at this today. Um, let me quickly go to our guests, uh, Mr. Santos. Uh, thank you very much and uh, a very beautiful and a good morning to our listener. All right. Um, it was good that um, your closing statement talked about the Steve Ogasanya report. Uh, he was one person who was uh, head of service yes. mm. uh, under the good luck. He was The panel was established in 2011, mm. yeah. and then they walked all through and submitted their report, like you said, in 2014. Mm. But again, people also need to understand why that panel was constituted. Mm. It wasn't about the holistic assessment of the high cost of governance mm. in as much as it was under a civil rule or the political class it was basically focused on the bureaucratic high cost, high cost. of governance okay. so here you now find out that that committee in itself was a committee to rationalize and in terms of the rationalization it was to also structure the federal government in itself and the whole gamut of the submission of the committee mm. was anchored on just like you also started saying on a matter of reducing the 263 statutory agencies mm. of the federal government and in it they made a submission and the submission was that yes there should be a reduction in the number of agencies and you would also see that in that they talked about the abolishment of 38 agencies because they were useless mm. even as they still stand up till today if not more and then they also talked about the merger of agencies 52 of them should be merged because they were just duplicating the same kind of duty that the other agency was doing or a ministry was also handling and it also talked about the aspect of the reduction of Nigeria's institutions in terms of to 161 mm. instead of maintaining the 263. But we all know that in recent times, more agencies have also been created. And then you're now talking about the high cost of governance. And this was supposed to have been approved by the legislature, mm. which it's also one of the bulk and the problem of this country. Mm -hmm. Because you know that even in the budget allocation, you find out that the legislature takes more than one third, or about one third of the total budget. Handling how many people? In the House of Reps, you are you're talking about 360. Mm. In the Senate, you're talking about 109. Mm. Yeah. And so you're talking about people who are less than 500 in number taking one third of a national budget and that in itself drags you to the components like we talked about last week of a budget recurrent expenditure administrative costs of running which comes either in recurrent and capital and then you're also sorry recurrent and personnel in itself and then you're also talking about a capital budget that is nowhere compared to the recurrent but the analysis should be subjected to a sit down and then when you look at the budget of plateau for instance that was just uh, presented last week yeah. yeah i think on a wednesday or thursday it was on a wednesday yeah. 133 billion okay. uh please hold your yeah. thoughts uh, i told us earlier on that we'll be connecting with someone uh, from budget from budget correct um i think it's on the line now okay. do we have him okay Yes. Okay. Hello. Yes. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Okay. Uh, we have. Um, uh, can you please introduce yourself, please? Okay. Um, my name is Olani Olaleye. Um, a senior research analyst with Budget Nigeria. 
All right, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on the show, Mr. Olani. We're glad to have you on the program. Uh, we're talking about thank the high cost you. of governance in Nigeria. Um, can you please tell us a little about budgets, please? A little bit about budgets in one or two um, sentences. Okay, um, budget is a um, civil society organization um, that tries to um, simplify issues um, around public finance um, by making sure that public finance actually um, has value on the life of the people. Okay. It's not just about paying tax, it's about that tax having impact on the people. So we try to simplify this information okay. um, for the people. So the people will be able to hold their government accountable okay. uh, for also for the government to be transparent to the people. Okay. So um, everything boils down to steady delivery mm. um, and impact of um, value for what people pay for. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Olani. Now, uh, based on transparency you just talked about, now, can you please, what can you tell us about the high cost of governance in Nigeria? The high cost of, specifically, the cost, uh, the recurrent expenditure component of our budget? Um, okay, um, if I if I want to talk about the high cost of governance in Nigeria, I will just try to um, pick a side of um, government, mm. which is the legislature, because I, if I want to talk about high cost of governance and not the three organs of government, I don't think it would be helpful okay. um, to leave this show today. Okay. So, um, um, quickly, I would like to talk about the cost of maintaining the National Assembly. Okay, cost um, of maintaining the National Assembly. Of Yes, if you look at the trend of the National Assembly budget over the years from 1999 mm. um, to 2000 to 2020, okay. um, we will see a very, very wide disparity from how much was budgeted for the National Assembly um, as a genuine danger democracy started okay. to now. So in 1999, um, National Assembly budget, total budget was just $2 billion. Okay. So if you look at the 2020 um, revised budget and down to 2021 proposed budget, you see that the National Assembly has grown um, okay. from $2 billion one and twenty billion. So now here comes the question. If National Assembly budget have that kind of large increment from nineteen ninety nine to twenty twenty, mm. let's look at it at the other side of the Nigerian citizen. Mm. Have we been able to look at the increment of the Nigerian minimum wage from nineteen ninety nine to twenty twenty? Mm. So you'll be shocked to know that an average Nigerian citizen that has a minimum wage of thirty thousand naira mm. Over a period of one month, if you change it to a dollar rate, it's just about seventy-eight dollars. It's just about seventy-eight dollars. Mm. So let's just look at it annually. So how much does a Nigerian worker earn annually for a minimum wage? Ah, let's let's um let's try to multiply seventy dollars. It's just over seven hundred dollars. Okay. Over so just seven hundred dollars in a year. Then if you are basing this part on what was released by the former senator Shin Sonny mm. in twenty eighteen of how much an average senator earn in Nigeria. You see that the cost of servicing an average senator in Nigeria, it was trying to tell us that per month, an average senator collects over 13 million naira as running cost. Mm. So let's put 13 million naira on a dollar rate. 13 million naira on a dollar rate is about $32,000. So in mm. comparison of $32,000, so an average money in Nigeria worker is earning is $32,000. It's like a lifetime earning. a very huge gap. So it will take an average Nigerian worker over 450 years to earn an annual salary of a Nigerian senator. Wow. wow. So that is the problem we're having. So another aspect we are going to look at this analysis is also to look at the budget of the state in mm. Nigeria. 
the National Assembly with 350 members of House of Reps, the 209 members of House of Senate, discussing a budget of 128 billion. Okay. When a state like Sikiti and Yobe, it's not even in a budget of 128 billion. Mm. Over 3 million people in population. Mm. Okay. So these are the questions. These are the icons of governance. If you are using that kind of Nigerian resources to manage the elite in the political class, then what is the impact of the Nigerian citizen that are paying the taxes? Okay, okay, uh, Mr. Olani, can you quickly give us the impact of this on the ordinary man out there? The impact okay, of this, how does it have impact on the ordinary man yes, out there? If you want to look at this impact on the ordinary man out there, then we should look at the several sectors in which this will actually affect the life of the people. Mm. Let's look at the education sector mm-hmm. and let's look at the health sector. At the end of the day, we see what Nigeria is going through with the issue of the coronavirus, um, the coronavirus pandemic that is ravaging all the countries in the world. We see okay. the issue of education where we have over 10 million children out of school. Mm. And we see how much Nigeria is spending on capital expedition in comparison with the current expedition. Mm. Okay, Nigeria keeps borrowing money. Between 2015 and 2020, Nigeria has received the total debt with over 10 trillion. Mm. From 10 trillion to over 22 trillion, Nigeria has wow. its total debt. So, then we should not ask the question, has Nigeria spent over 10 trillion on capital infrastructure in the last five years? Mm. Okay, when you ask the government that what is the reason of borrowing money, they came to tell you that they are borrowing money to fund Nigeria's infrastructure. So mm. the question we should ask the Nigerian government is, have they been able to spend over 10 trillion on infrastructure or capital expedition in the last five years? Okay. As a Q2, as a um, as an half-year report of budget implementation of 2020, Nigeria mm-hmm. has only spent about 32% on capital expenditure, while they have spent over 94% on debt servicing. Wow. So that means Nigeria is spending over 94% of the total revenue to service debt. Mm. Okay. So what is left for an average Nigerian to feel the impact of governance or to feel out that government okay, is actually responsible to me? People still keep providing electricity for themselves. They keep providing roads themselves. They keep providing security for themselves. So let's look at the other sectors of Nigeria. Where would you say the Nigerian government is actually impacting the life of the people? All right, um, Mr. Olani, let's quickly uh, treat this last question before we let you go. Um, Now, um, people on the street out there, uh, you've actually tell us how this affects them but then um what would be your advice to the ordinary man out there on how to hold how to hold government accountable you know based on the social contract you know government actually have the uh, power to actually see through the implementation of social contracts now how what would be your advice to the ordinary man out there about holding government accountable you know to transparency okay, um, if you uh, if you look at people's attitude towards governance in nigeria you see that the average nigerians don't really have an they don't really have interest when it comes to demanding transparency and accountability. Okay. Number one problem that Nigeria is having when it comes to governance when it comes to the public sector. Number one is that public finance documents is issued in secrecy. Mm. How do you want to question what is not even in the open space? Number one question. Mm. Then the number two is the Nigerian apathy. Nigeria citizen apathy. The reason why Nigerians are having this um apathy towards the government is because they've been demanding this over the years from the government and if you get to a stage where you keep demanding something from the government and you get tired you get tired of it because you keep demanding and nobody is responding to you it's okay. just an human nature and i keep asking you for money you are not giving you don't expect me to ask again because i'll get tired of it mm. so if you are a citizen want to demand accountability and transparency from the government 
number one is through voting. Through voting. Okay. You can't just come over. You can't just come after four years. Give people paranoid. Give people granite. Or give people rights. And mm. people think government is doing service delivery for them when you will not see them again in the next four years. Okay. That is not governance. Okay. If you want to demand transparency, if you want to demand government responsibility to you, okay. then number one, you need to work. You need to use your vote as a very, very, as a very, as, as a power. Then number two, citizens should be able to track governmental projects. Okay, tracking. Let's just look at the projects. Let's look at the Akatan General Support. Akatan General Support, those so, 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 so projects was allocated to my community and funds has been disbursed. Hold your government accountable. Hold your representative accountable. This also project was nominated in my community as also amount has been released to it. Organ Senate, Organ of Representatives. What is the progress of this report? What is the update of this project? So these are the questions. These are the important questions we need to be asking our website. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Olaini. I know you have so many, so so much more to tell us, actually, but we really appreciate you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you can also uh, connect to and listen to uh, the rest of the program live on uh, GFM Life. Um, GFM Life. Yes, you can stream the program on JFM Live. You can see the link on our social media page. Uh, it will be made available to you. Thank you very much, Mr. Lani. We really appreciate you. Thank you. All right, Mr. Santos, there you have it from Mr. Olani. A lot of things. Actually. A lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, again, uh, you find out that this whole information, mm. not only from budget, mm. you also find it, even like he said, Office of the Accountant General. How many people know that the World Bank, how much your state wants to borrow from the World Bank? Plateau is a case study mm. that, of course, now the processes have almost reached an end in terms of the so called what they call mm. the palliative stain and then the post-COVID kind of management. Mm. Still, that's also a loan. Nobody asks, what is it meant for? But again, I know that, of course, in this discourse, this conversation will also get there. But like he said and mentioned, that yes, even if you're doing a budget monitoring and tracking, mm. where do you start your budget monitoring? It should also be at the sittings, if a governor, for instance, presents a report to the House of Assembly or a president presents a budget to the National Assembly, then the National Assembly, the committees, various committees are supposed to also open up in terms of the public hearing on the budget to get the feelings of the people. And then they are also supposed to go back to their various constituencies vis-a-vis -vis consultations in terms of constituency consultations. And then from that place, it's a bottom-up, like I always say. But how many of them have been able to do this? When he was talking about what the people would do, mm. it's not only about voting. Mm. I remember some time back years down the line that we had a conference, a workshop, Global Rights had thrown it out. And that was even one of the things that led Atiku into problem. His Excellency then, as he was, mm. And what was it all about? It was all about mandate protection. That you have a vote, yes, it's your right. Where you place your vote, yes, is your right. Then do you allow somebody to change the figures? And the mandate protection thing starts with you. In terms of you vote, you stand, and you make sure it is counted and announced. How many Nigerians, young people understand that? At what point are you supposed to announce votes? Mm. At every point. Because when you collate, you must announce what you collated. Is it at the what? Is it at the unit? Is it at the what? Then the agents would follow up. If the unit A, B, C in a what do not come together, you find out that there, something must have happened. But again, we vote and then we run back home under the guise of fear. 
they are going to fight. Who are going to fight? Do they have two lives? They don't. But the truth is that for as long as you vote and you don't mandate protect, there is no way they will not rig themselves into government and then take it to the judiciary where you find out that it ends up with the circle of what I call the vicious circle of rigging. Once the court declares, nobody says anything. But then, but then from, from mandate uh, protection, yes. uh, Mr. Olani talked about uh, our journey from 20 billion for the National Assembly in 1999 to um, 120 billion naira in the 2020-2021 uh, um, budget. How do we get here? How did we get? No, because Nigerians left the National Assembly. You won't also understand the negotiations mm. or the conspiracy that goes on with the arms of government. Yes, I, I can I join in here? Yes, why not? Yes, I, I think there's uh, the revenue mobilization and fiscal allocation. There is. Yes, that has uh, constituted, um, has the statutory uh, rule of uh, pegging um, salaries and emoluments of uh, political office holders. Yes. yes. So, yeah, there's, like you rightly mentioned, there's a conspiracy actually between the legislative and the executive arm, actually, because uh, for things to get passed, uh, you need some certain level of, uh, I don't want to use the word greasing, but then you want to have something that is legitimate. Um, uh, Money is paid to people with, with, uh, with legitimate um, lines uh, or narratives or financial narratives that, that would not be, when audited, people will not raise an eyebrow. Where, uh, when, when auditors see it, um, they don't raise an eyebrow. So I feel uh, the conspiracy is actually between um, the executive and the legislative, where when legislative arms are where people say, okay, is it okay for us to have this number of um, monies allocated for our allowances and other fringe benefits? So, so, no, so hold on. You, just okay. to add, you see, he who pays the piper detects the tune. Yes. Who are those who appoint those who are commissioners in Revenue Mobilization and Fiscal Commission? Mm. The, the National Assembly. Mm. Who gets them into that place? Mm. Nobody is looking at what they earn. What is the salaries of those workers, appointees, as compared to the institutional workers of the Revenue Mobilization those who work in the civil service? It's nowhere compared. Then you also see wages and Salaries Commission that is supposed to handle salaries that relates to who appoints them. Mm. They are institutions of government. Will they fight he who pays them to blow the whistle? No. So you find out that already the structures are structured in a dysfunctional manner. Mm. And then if you look at what the question that you asked in terms of the 20 billion from 1999 it's to where billion. 128 Eight. to where we are is $128 billion. Yeah. Mm. How much is it that they're giving education? Mm. How much is it that they're giving health? And like I said, and I will always say, these are the basic foundational issues if any country wants to move forward. Mm. Take all the money and build up the best of roads. If these same persons that you refuse to provide quality education to just pick tires and burn those tires on those so-called roads, mm. that road is finished with the raining season. Then you now have dividends in potholes. Mm. And there is no way you would say that you have done an investment that remains a legacy. But the truth about it is that we keep running away from the truth and the point of an illness. Because, of course, you don't treat what you call the effects. You should treat the root cause. Mm. 
So if I'm sick, what is it that caused my sickness? It is not coming to come and give me medicine that would just cushion the pain that I'm facing now. If you don't trace the problem, it will still remain with us. And that is why the 128 billion is even less for them. So when the Orasanya report came out about reducing that off, this now takes me to the levels to which Nigerians need to also know. The high cost is not only in the political class. Mm. It's also bureaucratic. And that was why the Orasanya also talked about what? Remarges of other institutions. And then reversal. Some should even go back to some other ministries that are still standing. Mm. When you have a DG, I give an example. Then you look at the security architecture. How many people do you have in the office of the NSA? Less than 100. How many Nigerians have ever looked at what is the budgeted for the NSS office? Mm. In billions. Onsa. Mm. They're not up to 100. And yet, what is budgeted in ONSA? What do they do that they don't have? Then what is the creation of what you call intelligence units in all the paramilitary agencies and also the military architecture? All right, thank you very much. Please. No, the other ones, please. In terms of the levels of what you call high cost of governance, is one is bureaucratic. Two is political. And the political cuts across all the arms, vertically and horizontally. Mm. Vertically in the sense that by the time you look at executive, you're looking at executive from the presidency right to the local government chairman. (laughs) By the time you look at the legislature, you're also looking at it from National Assembly right down to the parliaments. That's uh, the councillors who are elected in local governments. Mm. By the time you look at the judiciary, you're looking at all the arms of the judiciary. As much as the judiciary is also subdued, but it is supposed to also have its own budget to be independent. Mm. But for as long as the judiciary is not independent, they would definitely have to also play to the rules. The other one, which is also very dangerous, is the aspect of the social network, the religious and the traditional institutions. We'll talk about that after this uh, short musical break. We'll be going and the last, we'll, 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 the military. We'll be going on a break uh, yes. very shortly. We'll come back. The discussion is getting interesting here in the studio. We connected uh, with uh, Mr. Matthew Olani, a senior research analyst with Budget earlier on. He actually uh, gave us uh, various um, mind-blowing um, statistics. He told us how, how we actually uh, embarked on a journey of $20 billion for National Assembly in 1999 to $120 billion in 2020-21 uh, uh, budget. And we're actually talking about how we, how we got here as a nation. You know, where did we actually get it wrong? And then what are we doing wrong as a nation? That is what we've been talking about. Uh, we talked about all this snowballed actually into out-of-school children affecting the ordinary man out there, increased uh, insecurity, um, a dysfunctional system. All these actually are part of the conversation. And uh, we talked about uh, what citizens can do, you know, to um, check the system to checkmate uh, the officials. And then Mr. Matthew actually said uh, you as a citizen out there, voting is one of them. Do you have your PVCs out there? Or do you just sit down to complain that things are not going well? Also, uh, Mr. Santos talked about mandate protection. You know, when you vote, you know, do you just go home or do you just ensure that your vote is counted as well and the writing is done? And then also, uh, Mr. Matthew talked about tracking, you know, tracking. Are you interested in uh, the budget? Uh, are you interested in the budget of your state? You know, are you interested in the constituency projects 
of your member in the house. What is he doing? What is he or she doing for you? You elected them there. What are they doing for you in terms of ensuring that your money works for you? You know. So we'll be going on a um, short musical break. Um, listen out there. You can join the conversation on our social media handles. You can join the conversation on our Twitter page at Taken Peace Desk and also on Facebook at Taken Peace Desk. Uh, this is the studio number 090 We'll be opening a line shortly after the musical break. Please stay with us. Hello, good morning. Hello? Hello, good morning. Morning. Why do you not do all this? Okay, please, the rule is if you call, please turn down the volume of your radio and then tell us your name and where you are calling from. Please, let's set that and then ensure that you go straight to the point. Thank you very much. So, Mr. Santos, you're talking about the social aspect of the whole issue. Talking about the religious institution. Yeah, the difference. I was trying to bring out the structure where the cost of higher governance mm. also contributes to where we are. Mm. You cannot just be talking about just the political window or the political lens alone. That was why I also brought in the bureaucratic one that started with the Orosanya report. Mm. And the recommendations were just apt. That once, if the government had taken to the recommendations. The delay was initially by the good luck Jonathan's government. And of course, none implemented, none even seen. Okay, I think we have a call. Let's pick this call. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling from? Yes, this is Glamour Designer from Michigan District. Oh, you're welcome, Glamour Designer. Please share your thoughts. Yes, good to hear from you guys this morning. Thank you very a much. good topic. Thank you. Okay. You see, we are talking of a good... Uh, accountability and a good government. Mm. You see, they have do all injustice in this country. Mm. They have sell our rights for long. Mm. And uh, let me tell you something so that you, you know what these people are doing to us. Mm. We don't have good hospital. Mm. 
We don't have uh, good road. What things the people that are out there to do mm. that the people will live comfortable? You see, the politicians have a little mind than the people who are supposed to rule us, mm. and that is why Nigeria is being granted today. You see, they have uh, privatized Nepal mm. for years now, and we cannot see the lights. Mm. You understand? It's the same Nigeria that buy this Nepal. Mm. And then buy it, and now we are using generator to pay their highest tariff in this country. Mm. Tell me how many how many companies are in Plateau State today? Mm. Nothing. Even we, the, the business owners, we are not doing well because of Nepal. They have crippled us on one way or the other because they are molesting us. We use generator to work and use it to pay Nepal, mm. and they are happy. We threat. Mm. You understand? Yeah. So it's what, what is the achievement of our leaders? Good hospital. Ghana here. I am telling you, President Guy in Ghana is the hospital. Mm. But our people, they have little mind that they carry their money overseas. It's quite that unfortunate. That if they see your headache, they will just run to there and mm. leave your country. What happened to your state? What happened to your people? What happened to your country? And that is why they want to close this uh, social media so that we will not know their secrets, we will not know about them, and the same then they will tell us to come and vote for them tomorrow. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Thank Mr. Glamour. We have another call. Hello, good morning. Hello, my name is... Okay, I think we missed that call. Okay. Um, Mr. Kabiru. Yes, um, some of the thoughts that have been racing through my mind have been uh, the cross-reference uh, that we got earlier, mm. that a National Assembly that has uh, no more than... Okay, please hold your thoughts. Let's okay. have this call. Hello, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where you calling from? Yeah, this is KFL dot uh, com. KFL dot com. Thank you very much. Yeah, Please from, your thoughts. Yeah, from down base. Um, okay. Thank you, I mean, for your program because, uh, honestly speaking, I've been trying to call as I just came back from uh, my trip. Mm. Um, because something happened. Uh, is it the same taken that I knew? Taken at not at the new? Yes. Yes. Okay. But please, I'm very sorry to, t- to say this thing on the air. Have you people bridge, uh, built their own bridges? Okay. All right. Sorry. Because I- I'm arriving at somewhere. Yes, no problem. Is it fair for somebody to sack a worker that served for 28 years? 28 years for. Okay. I think it's bringing in a discussion that. Okay, then. Um... You were on a line of thought earlier on before we picked that call, you know, um, talking about uh, what Mr. Glamour said. Mr. Glamour talked about the issue of OKC, um, all these actually panning out for the ordinary man out there in yeah. terms of, OK, the quality of the infrastructures, the yeah. health systems that we have in place and all. Yes. Um, the simple analogy I would want to draw here is that um, a National Assembly that has no more than 500 people okay. goes home with 128 billion mm. naira. Mm. And a state like Yubi that has well over 300, uh, 3 million people goes away with about the same amount of... Uh, okay, let's pick this call. Yeah. Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling from? Okay, this is Zanshak Ignatius calling from Mangu. Okay, Mr. Ignatius, please go ahead, share your thoughts. Okay, seriously, like how the program is going. Mm. Quickly, what I want to put in here is this on the issue of accountability on the side of we holding our leaders accountable. It 
to remember the House of Assembly, this is something like this is on the side of our own Assembly member because when we try to inquire about their project, okay. they keep telling us that their project allowances, 2020 allowances, have not been like given to them up to now, and this has been the complaint all this while. I'm pleased, Mr. Santos, in the studio, can you like shed more light on all things we've been inquiring and the complaint have always been on the constituency project have not been given, allowances have not been given. Okay. What should we do then, please? Okay. Thank you very much. Our guest in the studio will talk about that. So, Mr. Santos, uh, Mr. Ignatius is talking about, okay, how do we track the constituency project to ensure that, yes, they are carried out the way they are supposed to be carried out? Uh, thank you very much, uh, Ignatius. Once the constituency projects in themselves are not supposed to be the mind of the person in the representative, mm. they're supposed to be what the constituency needs. Mm. And then there is no way you would get that if you're sitting as, let me start, even with a councillor who is elected at the local government, he is also entitled to... Sorry, let's pick this call. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Okay, I think we'll do that. Please go ahead. Is to make consultations with each of... So you need to also demarcate mm. your constituency clearly mm. as a representative. Mm. And then the consultation is to also get the minds of the constituents as mm. to what they need. Constituency A might just need clean toilets, latrines, okay. which also helps in terms of health. Constituency B might need water, boreholes, for instance, which would also help with the challenge. So it should be need-based. And once you give, and then if it gets the constituencies allocated to because it might, you might not get 100%. Mm. He brings it back in terms of what you call a consultation and then a discussion with them. Okay, let's have this call. Hello, Hello. good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. I can hear you. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Humphrey, calling from Rayfield. Okay, Mr. Humphrey, please go ahead. Share your thoughts with us. You know, one of the problems that we have in this country mm. is that... The leaders or the, the, the so-called leaders present there in the politics, mm. they just keep turning us around, okay. telling us we are the leaders of tomorrow, while they keep being the leaders of today, mm. recycling the politics seats among us themselves. Mm. So in that case, I don't think, you don't expect someone to do something that you ask him to do, why he knows that. Even if he doesn't do it, okay. no one will hold him responsible. Mm. That's number one. Okay. So you're, you're talking about so, uh, holding government accountable there? Yes. Okay. And also, you see, we don't have appropriate people, people that are genuine, that could look into this terms of government, saying, the, for instance, the budget they make, ensuring that what is stated is what is done. So, everybody, okay. the people that parliament is set. Okay. Thank you very much. I think you've made your point. Thank you very much. Okay, let's have this call again. Hello, good morning. Hello. Hello, good morning. Yes, I can hear you. Go ahead. Mr. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please, you yes, have one. You have one minute. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, you. The issue of. Following your election, you saw what happened in Fadok uh, Mosque, what happened in Imam State. Mm. That is what President Mosque, who is the present governor of 
in most states. In the history of elections in this country, total number of votes cast were more than accredited voters. Yet he is saying as the governor of that state. Let me tell you, okay. and the other one, the person you call on budget, have already, they have already said everything and the other guests. Look, let's put our eyes on this. Uh, in, uh, on what is happening in this country. All, All right, we get, we get your point. We get your point. We get your point. Thank you very much. Mr. Santos, quickly, we have a few minutes left. Yeah, I, I, the way forward. The I way was, forward. I was actually talking about, so the mandate is on the benefactors, and the mm. benefactors are the electorates, mm. not the elected. Mm. So for the young man who was talking about the issue of how do you monitor it's your responsibility. Once you leave your responsibility and people begin to worship these people, they become demigods. The second that he is talking about, and that was why I talked about the last caller, the vicious circle of rigging. Mm. It is a clearly defined thing. Why do you think that, yes, you go and then you cannot prove those votes and then it ends at the judiciary? Mm. It starts where? It starts intra-party. It comes out with the issues of toggery and the rest. And once the elections are rigged and they are announced because you don't follow your mandate and you don't protect your mandate, you don't follow your votes and protect the mandate, it becomes a challenge for you to get the wrong persons in there. And then Nigerians are also forgetting that as benefactors, they also have rights over these people. Mm. The people should respect those who elected them. But when you go begging, when you go psychophantically mm. to praise people who are exploiting you what are you giving them you're empowering them when they collect on your behalf and they appropriate it as their personal preserve when it's supposed to be for public good and you go to worship them when they do thanksgiving how many people have ever refused to go and eat that miserable rice mm. and one miserable piece of meat mm. because a political holder is calling them to a thanksgiving someone runs a thanksgiving because he is appointed so what is he thanking god for that he's going to put his hands into your own collective wealth and you're the ones who are going to sing and the ones once you try that one person who you know is one that has exploited persons who you know is unfit to be in a fitted position he calls you to a thanksgiving and people in that constituency say when you were there you refused to do the job we're protesting we're not going for the thanksgiving Tell me how many of them would do any Thanksgiving again. And then that also goes to the religious institutions. They should also know the kind of persons. What are you thanking God for? Mm. What has been the, 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 the feedback from the people so that people would know? And this Thanksgiving is not only with Christians. It also happens with my brothers and Muslims. Mm. Because everywhere you see also religious leaders also engaging themselves in this same conspiracy theory that impoverishes the people and takes away the collective benefit that is supposed to be what will lead us to the promised land. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, I it's getting... Summarize that everything. I don't need to say anything other than <laughs> nice job, Santos. And maybe remind you that your political career started in my room in B6. Oh, that's... Thank you very much. Uh, listen out there, that will be the size of our package for today. It's been interesting, it's been enlightening, and it's been educative. We thank our callers. We appreciate you. Uh, join us next week uh, for another interesting edition of the program. God's willing, we'll be here with you. Regards to everyone at Stake and Peace Desk. Thank you and God bless you. Oh my God. Oh, oh, oh. It feels like Satan won't tell us we do. We never hear before. Baba, yeah.
class. So live a bad day, Sabada, bada, 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 bada,